the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Those minds and thank you for the choir songs and worship leaders and all that has been done. How wonderful a service we are engaged in. We just sense your presence all over the house this morning. You so good and worthy to be praised. Help me to preach now in the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Have your Bibles. Uh, We want to Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 1. John 17 and 1. When you find it, say amen. amen. And there you'll find these words. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. And from this verse, we want to preach what to do in the time of crises. The church family has been in crises these recent months and weeks, and so it's just befitting to just speak words of comfort and direction and hope to where the church family is right now. Amen? What to do in the time of crisis? In this chapter, Jesus finds himself headed toward a tremendous crisis. His earthly ministry is coming now to a close. He is about to be betrayed by Judas, arrested in Gethsemane, He's about to be denied by Peter, put on trial in Pilate's court. He's about to be mocked by soldiers and ultimately hung on a cross. What a crisis. And therefore, this chapter begins with Jesus praying to the Father as he prepares to finish the work that his Father had assigned for him to do. And beloved, there will be come those critical times in life where we are right in the midst of a crisis. Sometimes we are blessed to see them coming at us like a train. And at other times, they blindside us. 
You didn't see it coming. Yes, it hurts. Crises are painful. They are tough. And we don't, want to, we don't always understand why. But what we can be assured of is that our God has it all in control. How many of you know God's in control? Whatever intrusion to your life does not catch God by surprise. He is still on the throne and he will see us through. So the question comes to mind and I pose to you this morning. What do we do in times of crises? It's right in this one verse. We have related scriptures, but in this verse, you'll see some things right in there. First of all, you had better have a relationship with the Father. That's what you better have. In times of crisis, you better have a relationship with the Father. People are looking for help in the wrong places. Those who believe in evolution and big bang theories and living by chance and they love themselves, therefore they live for themselves. Those who seek politics and psychics and lottery and in pursuit of careers and people and money, they are helpless and utterly disappointed when crisis comes because none of those things can help you and see you through during stormy weather. Jesus could approach God in prayer because of their father-son relationship. Jesus had a relationship with the father before the crisis in Gethsemane. And that's critical. The way you survive a crisis is to have a relationship with him before stormy weather hit. It is a dangerous thing indeed to go head on into a crisis without an intimate, personal, authentic relationship with the Father. Jesus knew where to look. He looked to the Father. The scripture says in 71, Jesus spoke these words. Ha! Lifted up his eyes. He knew where to look. He knew where to look. He looked up to the Father. My friends, do you know where to look? I love that verse in Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And be it known to you today, the same God who created heaven, the same God who created the earth, is God enough to handle any adversity that intrudes into your life, my people. If God can hang the stars in space, the moon and the sun, and if God can make the planets and all of these things, what is adversity to him? It's not even a drop in the bucket. There's nothing that God can't fix or take care of that intrudes into your lives. You see, those without the Father, when they come into a crisis, they have no rest. They have no refuge. They have no hope. And that void, when they have not Jesus Christ living in the soul, that void is filled with drugs, filled with medicines and alcohol and parties and sexual immorality and material things and pleasure and even demonic relationships. Some of you are so tied into people until it has become idolatrous. 
And Satan knows how to send the wrong people in your life. And that becomes a demonic relationship when it emanates from Satan himself. I just wonder, what about your relationships that you have? Are there relationships that will take you under? Are they relationships that will encourage you in your faith and in your walk with the Lord? Anything from the devil is demonic. And some of you are tied into people you need to cut loose in the midst of a crisis. As a matter of fact, you in a, some of you are in a crisis because you let the devil in through that relationship. Where do I go? When the storms of life is raging, who do I turn to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there is no foundation stable? I tell you what I do. I'm going to the rock. I know he's able. I'm going to the rock. You had better have a relationship with the father as in the case of Jesus in this particular verse. Number two, we must realize that the hour is coming. You say, where is this? Right there. Look, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. You see, your hour is coming. You say, I'm all right. Your hour is coming. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Your hour is coming. Got money in the bank. Your hour is coming. Oh, I I take vitamins and I can go to the health food store and all these things. Your hour is coming. My children are doing well and I've educated them and they all seem to be doing fine. Listen, fine today could be a crisis tonight. For Jesus, it was the way of the cross. It was the way of suffering. It was the way of agony. It was the way of imminent death. Your hour is coming. Your hour is coming. Some of you, you already in your hour. And some of you, you're about to enter into your hour. And this message is to help you to get ready for what's about to come that you have no control over. Since we're in this world, we shall have tribulations. John 16, Gospel of John chapter 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and I'm God. And since I'm God enough to overcome the world, I can overcome anything that you are confronted with in your life. There's nothing so big that God can't help you through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This world, we shall have tribulation. And let me tell you something, the world is tribulating. It's tribulating. America is in one crisis after another. And people don't even make the connection that God is speaking. You got mudslides and fires in California. You have droughts of a hundred, of, in, in the summer and hard, hard. We had one of the worst winters we've ever had in the winter. And you have tornadoes after tornadoes and this happening and that happened. Now oil spill that's just messing up the whole coast with the current flow. Crisis after crisis after crisis. And God is saying, when are you going to look to me? 
When are you going to you? When are you going to look to me? When are you going to be? You know, if you, God knows how to get our attention, and yet folk won't even come to prayer meeting. Folk won't crack a Bible. And folk just so aloof from everything. God is speaking to America and God is saying, return to me. Return to me. Families and friends, join the Maranatha Bible Church family for our Hallelujah Fun Festival on Saturday, October 30th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Maranatha grounds. There will be food, fun, prizes, fellowship, and activities for all ages, including train rides, pumpkin hunt, photo booths, s'mores, cakewalk, pie bake-off, and so much more. See you on the 30th at 10 a.m. God is telling his people today, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from your what? That's why these crises are coming. God is telling America to wake up. Wake up. America's in a crisis. There are hardships. Some of you in crisis of health. Some of you, death of loved ones we've experienced recently. Others, persecution and betrayal. A marriage gone bad. Ingratitude. Abandonment. Temptation. Rebellious and confused children. Addictions. Financial crisis. Loss of job and possessions. We need to trust Jesus because he's been there. He overcame the odds against Satan and the demonic world. And if you want to know how to survive a crisis... Keep your eyes on Jesus. You say, God, you don't understand. He said, no, don't you go there. I really do understand. You say, where's the verse on him understanding this? Well, it's in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. He'll show you just how much he understands. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So don't say, I don't understand. I've been where you are and even worse. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God is able. Don't you know God is able? I want to tell you God is able. Wait a minute. I'm going to say it until you get the point. God is able. You still don't understand. God is able. We need, you just heard, oh, oh, what a fellowship, oh, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arm of God. And the reason I can lean on him and depend on him and trust him is because my God is able. Jesus can identify with us because he's been where we are and he's experienced far worse on our behalf. Let Jesus fix it for you. He knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, just let him have his way. Let Jesus fix it for you. The third thing we must realize is this. 
We must realize that being a Christian doesn't exempt us from the calamities of life. Being a Christian does not exempt us from the calamities of life. You see that Jesus is in the midst of a crisis. He's looking up. He's talking to God. His hour has come. He himself is in a crisis. So don't you dare sit here and think you're going to live 40, 50, 60 years and don't have your share of crises. No one is exempt. It doesn't matter how holy you are. Doesn't matter how much Bible you know. You can have great church attendance. That's right. You can be a good family man, a good woman of nobility, and still trouble comes your way. You don't have to go look for trouble. Trouble has a way of finding you. It knows your address. Jesus was verbally attacked. He was hated. He was misunderstood. Jesus was abandoned. He was plotted against. He was unfairly treated. He experienced death threats. He was struck in the face. He he was spat upon and ultimately put to death. And since we are followers of Christ, we will not journey through life without persecution for the cause of Christ. We too will have our own personal Gethsemane. All of us must go by Gethsemane. So we must realize that being a Christian doesn't exempt us from the calamities of life. The fourth thing we must be mindful of in the midst of crises is this. Use your crises as an opportunity to glorify God. Wow, what a testimony. Use your crises as an opportunity to glorify God. To glorify God means to honor him, to extol him, to worship him, to exalt him, to magnify him. John 17, 1b says, the latter part of that verse says, glorify your son in that verse that your son also may glorify you. Jesus glorified the Father through perfect obedience by becoming a sacrificial lamb, dying on the cross for the sins of the world. And God glorified the Son by raising him from the dead. Jesus is more than a prophet. He's more than a good man. He's more than just a teacher. He's God all by himself. Glorify God. I was just in the hospital with Sister a few weeks ago. And what I, I marveled about that woman was her strength. Her strength, how she was able to hold up for her family and how I saw the strength and presence of God all over her. And the only way she could have held up for her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren was by the power of his might. The word of God says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his strength. It is his strength that keep us When we are weak, he is strong and he is able to give you strength you didn't realize you have. And because that crisis has a way of manifesting just how what you are made of in those kinds of times. Yeah, you see. So use it to glorify you. Oh, why me? God is looking at you and saying, well, why not? Why not? Being, being a Christian doesn't mean you're going to be on a flowery bed of, e- bed of ease. Why not you? Why not you? Don't you realize I'm with you? I will keep you. J- just lean on me. Trust me. I, 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 this didn't catch me by surprise. So just hold my hand. Like that song, that's precious Lord. Huh? Take my hand. 
Lead me on. Huh? What, what's that? Let me what? Stand. I'm weak. Tired. I'm worn. Through the storm, through the night. Lead me on. See, you hold the hand of God and he will help you make it through the night. Anybody been through the night? Sometimes night can get long. Sometimes nights can be lonely. Nights you don't have questions. Nights you, 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 want, you, 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 you don't have answers in the night. But don't forget moaning's coming. <laughs> moaning's coming. What do you do in the time of crises in that verse? This verse is loaded. You know what you do? Pray. You know what Jesus is doing in this passage? It's the Lord's Prayer. We think uh, Matthew 6 uh, is the Lord's Prayer. That's the disciples' prayer where Jesus teaches the disciples to pray. In John 17, you have here the Lord's Prayer. This is actually the Lord's Prayer. And so he's praying. In John 17, we have the Lord's Prayer where Jesus prays for himself. He prays for his disciples and he prays for other believers. He's praying for himself, his disciples, and other believers. Jesus looks beyond his present circumstances and saw the needs of others. Jesus was not so consumed with his own crisis that he failed to seek the interests of others through prayer. Beloved, if you have a mindset to pray your way through, your crisis will not get the best of you. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed his way through the crisis. And you would be very, very remiss if you fail to pray in the midst of stormy weather. Because prayer has a way of undergirding you, giving you the assurance. It emboldens you. It encourages you. And you need to be praying in Matthew 26, 39 uh, Matthew 26, you see Jesus also praying in Gethsemane in his crises. If you turn there a little bit, turn there real fast, you see what I'm talking about. Uh, we see him praying here in verse 39, 42, and 44 of Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, it says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed. He's in a crisis and he's praying. Oh, my father, if it, be, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Look, he prays again in verse 42. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Can you say that? I mean, in times of uncertainties, doing rough weather, doing health and Christ issues, in the midst of divorce proceedings, rebellious children, financial difficulties, loss of job. Can you say like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Verse 44, so he left them, went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. In other words, Jesus prayed and he prayed and he prayed. You know, I have to repent for not praying enough. You, oh, you pastor the church. You mean you're not praying enough? No. I got I to confess I don't pray enough. 
But let me ask you a question. Who in here is praying enough? Huh? 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 It's up with me. Then I re- every time I got, oh God, I didn't talk enough to you. Oh God, I repent for not praying enough. Oh God, help me to talk to you today. God, we talk to everybody, but when are we talking to God? When are we talking to God? Life is too hard for us not to be talking to God. The devil is too busy for us not to be talking to God. There are too many crises in America for us not to be talking to God. And we need to be praying through that man because he's turning gray because he don't have the answers to this oil. He don't have the answers to tornadoes and mudslides. He don't have the answers to this stuff. We must be talking to God. Talking to God for him too. That God helped that man. That man need a whole lot of prayer. You don't understand what that seat is like till you sit in it. You can run forward and holler change all you want to. But when you get there, you say, oh my God. It's tough at the top. It's lonely at the top. You do this, folk raise hell. You do that, folk raise hell. You do this, folk man. You do that, folk man. Then, then I was like, oh, I understand what these other guys went through. We got to be praying for him. We got to be praying for him. You see, we have to pray. Number six, what do we do in time of crisis? Be patient. Allow the crisis to run its course and be open to what the Lord wants to teach you through it. You can't hurry God. You can't skip in the crisis. You got to go through the complete process and when you try to fight your way and, and you, you, you struggle and you, you're making a bigger mess in the crisis, all you do is prolong the issue. And sometimes you have to have a repeat course because you flunked it. And God says, I'm going to keep you in the hot seat until I singe all of the impurities out of your life. Psalms 46.10a says, be still and know that I am God. What to do in a time of crisis? Remain calm in the storm. Remain calm in the storm. Jesus was able to maintain his composure because he prayed before the crisis as well as in the midst of the crisis in Gethsemane. He did not allow himself to fall apart or come apart, and neither should we. Refuse to allow your life to be so filled with stress and pressure and worry in the midst of a crisis. Don't let your circumstances stress you out. Amen. Don't fall the pieces. Don't look like a non-Christian. He said, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. So you can look like Jesus. Here's, I'm going to give you a prescription for remaining calm in the storm. Number one, here's his prescription. Number one, realize that God is our refuge, strength, and help in the times of trouble. Realize that God is our refuge, strength, and help in the time of, of trouble. I look with Psalms 46, 1 says, God is our refuge. He's a safe place. Huh? And he's our strength. He's a very present help in trouble.
If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.